Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Level Up and Live podcast, where we bring you insights and inspiration to fuel your journey towards success. I'm your host, Sean Myers, joined by my co-host, Ewan Heinemeyer. And today, we have an incredible guest who is not just a speaker, but a beacon of motivation, a mentor in leadership, dynamic YouTuber, and an expert sales trainer. Get ready to be inspired, uplifted, and armed with strategies to elevate your game. Before we get cranked up, remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review on your favorite platform, and share this episode with someone who's on the journey to level up. And don't forget to check out the show notes for additional free resources that will turbocharge your growth. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome the one and only Mike Phillips. I'm so excited to, the show is just uh, growing and developing and, and it's really morphing into what it is. And we just keep having more leaders coming on the show, uh, just one after the other. And so as that's been happening, we just keep looking for more and we're, we're creating a list. And once, once I see or Sean sees someone that fits the bill, it's like we just laser focused. And Mike Phillips came across I think it was the YouTube was the first time I saw I, I saw his name and just I kind of checked him out for a minute and it w- didn't take me about a minute or two to just be like this is a guy we got to have on a show and we were just talking before the show started here and he said some things and I'm like I had no idea about that and we need hmm. to start recording because this <laughs> is just spectacular and uh, just with the short period of time that we've gotten to know each other um, man humble heart uh, yeah. but this guy is is he's nationally known uh, and and he's he's very good at what he does i can tell in the first few uh, minutes that we met that that this is someone that i i want to have in my life and so without further ado mike if you could just give us give the audience a, a tidbit um uh, about yourself and, and we'll get into it sure absolutely you and thank you you and sean both thank you for having me on the show it's really appreciated i'm excited to have a conversation i've listened to a, a few of your shows and when you reached out i was just as excited <laughs> as, as you guys, as, as what you're saying. So, awesome. um, yeah, my, my background, uh, just to give people an idea, I'm 20 plus years in automotive. I've been doing sales management and then most recently digital marketing for a number of years. Um, married, have three beautiful kids and my passion is, is leadership. It's how can we impact other people? How can I run alongside other people? And I just, I love to see others grow. I love to nurture that growth because I like to see wins, right? From what I've listened to you guys, I I just listened to a recent one where the two of you were talking about your wins for last year. And it actually made me reflect on, I'm like, man, I, I haven't had that sort of conversation with somebody. Like we automatically jump from, well, here was last year. Here's the things I accomplished. Let me move forward. And it's time to go, right? You constantly have to be building. And it's like, there's an important piece to stopping to reflect like, Hey, that's where I came from. And, and, uh, so I thought that was, I'm sorry, I digress. I'm, I easily get distracted on this conversation. You said all that. I'm like, Oh man, keep talking. You know? (laughs) No, I think it's great. So, so yeah, I've been podcasting, uh, for gosh, almost 15 years now on some form or fashion and, uh, had a YouTube channel for some time and I do, you know, leadership training and consulting, digital marketing. I'm a dad, a husband. I'm a, definitely a man of faith. I'm very connected. Like God is number one for me, and um, that I'm I'm so grateful that you guys connected. 
It's so strange yeah. that uh, when we're, we're um, I said, oh, we, we're having leadership come on, but every time we have someone come on, it's like God comes up like that that He's number one. A lot of people have said that on the show, and and that's not. I mean, Sean have been focusing on very much here recently, so that's been like this like covert thing. How, how did that show up at the same time as us finding these leaders? So it just seems like there's something behind that too. Clearly, God is the ultimate leader. So, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I think one thing that is so powerful and i i for me i got really connected with my faith probably 25 years ago i think faith and and god religion is something people struggle with uh because it's like well how do you reach out and grab a hold of this unknown this intangible right so somebody else told us to believe and so we're supposed to accept that except with that statement right there somebody else told us to believe and we're supposed to accept that that's actually a powerful statement throughout many people's lives, right? For our mindset, for our life, for our families, for our businesses. And I think when we really take the time to slow down and reflect and take the time to listen, you know, so many times people, uh, when it comes to God, want to get connected because they say, well, I've got this thing going on. And so I have to start praying because I need this thing to happen. And so we're constantly talking at God, but we're not taking the time to slow down and let's call it meditate, you know, meditation to slow down and listen to what he has to say, or sometimes slow down and see the things that he presents before us. We say, well, we want this served up to us on a, a silver platter. And the reality is he says, no, the reason I gave you this problem is so that you can work through it and get the skill and you can show other people the way and you can guide other people. And so um, I, I think for at least myself, you know, I, I've been very connected to my faith for a long time. I think there's a difference between faith and religion, you know, organized religion, current, current form of religion, I think is something that often turns people off and turns people away. And the reason I say that, I don't, I want to be careful saying that is organized religion is that's a man-made thing, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. When, when, when Jesus came in and I, I didn't realize we were going to steer this direction on your podcast. But when, when, when Jesus came to earth, when God put Jesus here on earth, he did not say, Hey, we're going to go make this, this religion for people to follow. He just said, follow me. I'm the way, the truth, the life, right? You can follow me and I will show you. And so I think once we as humans are able to let go of what it is that we see around us or what we think we know, and have a real true belief in faith, that's one of those things that propels us forward. And I think a lot of people that are in leadership positions, because like you said, Ewan, God is the ultimate leader. Jesus was is the ultimate leader. Um, that's something that it's easy to follow. It's easy to see the things. Mike, so one of the things that I wanted to do in 2024 was to level up in my spirituality, right? So me and my wife, we don't have any kids. We go to church, weekly church, and we do also do like a married life class right after church. Mm -hmm. And then we also, like I read daily devotions and I pray. I talked to, we actually just did a, uh, before this episode, we shot an episode and we talked about decision making. And I, I went into a spiritual journey with with talking to God, you know, and, and, and that whole experience. But I was never raised. I'm 36 and I was never raised in church. So this is all very foreign to me. This is all very new to me. And you and my wife have actually kind of been talking more and more about it. Right. And who you surround yourself with. You are the average of the five people you hang around. So I'm Absolutely. curious with you. I'm curious with you. You've been on this journey. A lot of our listeners and audience 
they are looking for ways to level up and live, right? And not just in business, but all areas of life. What would be one piece of advice as far as like sh- that they can do on a daily basis or even on a weekly basis to get closer to God? And I know I gave some examples, but I'm curious with you being as being you know on this journey these this last decade plus, uh, how you have grown closer to Him. So. I, I'm a big fan of lists, and so my default response, I want to say, well, here's three things that I, I'll, I will give you. I'll yeah. give these to you in in not in any particular order. You said on a, a daily basis, Sean. On a daily basis, the very first thing that I do in the morning is when I wake up. Don't grab your phone, right? I know everybody's got your phone within arm's reach. But when you first wake up, just be silent. Just be still for mm. the first three or five minutes. Don't grab your phone. Don't worry about email. Even you know your spouse, like what you're saying, Sean, is, okay, hey, my spouse and I are connected. But that moment when you're just first opening your eyes, give pause for two or three minutes and give thanks for the things that you do have. Mm. I think we over gratitude is one of those things that is a quick oversight because we wake up first thing in the morning and it's like, well, I got this email. I got this next thing. I got to do this. I got to do that. Just stop for a minute. Take two minutes and be thankful and thank God for the things that he has provided you. Sometimes it's sometimes it's the challenges that allowed you to level up. Sometimes it's the things that, hey, thank you for being here right now. Thank you for bringing Sean and Ewan into my life this morning so that it would lead to this conversation mm. and have some, some gratitude. Just be thankful for where you are at right now in the present moment. When you're in the present, you can't be anxious right? Because you're focused on the here and now. Anxiety is caused by us being constantly focused in the future. Well, I need this thing. I got to do this thing. I got to accomplish the thing. So oftentimes, you know, prayer will relieve that anxiety because it forces you to be right here, right now. So be thankful yes. and and say, say a morning prayer. The other thing is I think people think in general that prayer has to be this thought out, massive, uh, well, I got to have this perfect thing to say to God. No, you don't. It just has to be the thing. And so for me, prayer is the conversation with God. It's me speaking to him. And and it's the same way I've said to many people, if God is a loving father, how would you have a conversation with your father? Hey, dad, listen, dad, I need this right now. Mm. I need some advice. Mm. I need some help. And so that that to me is have that morning conversation with God. And then before you get moving, so we're, you know, what, three minutes in and we, we haven't even opened our eyes yet or just opened our eyes. <laughs> Take then two or three minutes, literally just to be still and quiet and listen, because sometimes he'll give us that clue. He'll put that idea in our mind from us having genuine and pure thoughts. And he says, well, hey, you need to do this today. So you're, that, that's my first five or, or maybe 10 minutes of each morning. You said, what's another thing that you can do to be connected? Um, for me, when I started learning the Bible, uh, I have literally next to my desk. I don't, I think you guys just do audio. At least I've seen the audio stuff, but you can see right here on my desk. I always keep a Bible right there at my, at, at arm's reach. And Pick, you can flip anywhere in the Bible. You can pick a verse or a section and read it 
And the thing is, a lot of people will read that and they go, well, it doesn't make sense because of the version that they have and so forth. So take the time to Google it. Go on Bible.com. Go to Bible Ref. Find a place that is a trusted source. And if you want to feel more connected and if you want to learn more, you have to be deliberate about learning more. That's right. <laughs> you know, so, you want to know so the those... nature of God. You, you have to understand the characteristics. And it's funny. I remember when I was younger in my spiritual world, I would pray for things, outcomes. And I realized, well, outcomes, are they fade no matter what you get now, that goes away at some point because nothing is constant in life, right? So sure. for me, my, my prayers typically revolve around, give me the wisdom, give me your insight, give me your patience. I'd ask for God's characteristics so that no matter when I show up, that's what's showing up first. At least that's my prayer. Uh, you know, of course, I still do ask for certain things, but it mainly revolves more around like, yeah, who was he? What was he like? And then having trust like you said, when I'm talking to him, if my dad is driving somewhere and I'm a kid in the back seat and I'm panicking about where we're going, my dad's going to say, There's, you don't need to worry because I, I know where we're headed. It would be ludicrous for me to continue to just be worried about where we're going when he's got it. And so as an adult, I'm still a child right in the eyes of God. And I, I, my goal is to, as soon as I feel that anxiety, I let it go because it, I mean, anxiety is a beautiful thing. It is a warning. It's letting me know that I'm taking back control and I need to let it go. And then we say to ourselves, but what's going to happen? Well, that's the whole point of faith. You don't get to know. You get to relax. And, and to me, that is trust, trust in God, you know. One of the things. One of the things, uh, so my, my mother, my, my mother, she, uh, she was telling me a story. This was about, I don't know, last year sometime. She said that my grandfather uh, reads the Bible every morning. I was like, man, I want to, that's a role model to me. Is like, I want to do that every single, because where your focus goes, energy flows, right? So if you're intentional Absolutely. about it, you're reading the word, you may not understand it, but it's like you said, getting curious, researching, Googling it and trying to understand it. And and one of the questions my mom asked my my grandfather, who's in his 80s, right? And so to me, I listen very closely to folks that that are older because they've experienced, you know. Uh, so when she had told me, she's like, "Well, why do you why do you read it every morning?" And he goes, "Tina, he goes, I have to read it every morning. I have to be intentional about it." She goes, "Well, why do you have to be intentional? Why do you have to read it every morning, the Bible?" And she goes, "Because if I don't, I've done both." And the man over here that doesn't read the Bible, that doesn't get curious and, and get closer to God is not the man people want to be around. So I have to align with his word and get curious and do research and and act in his actions closer to the word. And I was just like, wow, you know, because if you don't read the Bible, if you don't do the devotions, if you don't go to church, then then what are you doing? You're typically doing something else over here that is your, stress, anxiety, uh, all these things that are going on in life. Well, who are you leaning on? Right. Absolutely. And, and so I just thought it was, it was so insightful to me. Um, and I, I kind of exciting, you know, I was kind of fired up about it. I'm like, yes, I want more of that, you know, to be able to kind of steer me in that path. If I may, two things on this part of the conversation, one that each of you both said, because while I can say, Hey, I've been I connected to my faith for 25 years, I have not always been faithful. 
for 25 years, like to, oh, in, in yeah, my, in my faith, I've been, yeah. don't get me wrong. I've been faithful to my wife, the people in my life. I'm saying I have not always been faith filled. Right. Yes. And, and what happens is I think oftentimes we get further away from it. Sean, you said it like, well, if I'm that guy over here, I don't want to be him. And as we get further away from that, we lean on the, the knowledge of men and what we think is right. Yes. Rather than holding on to our faith. And the thing I realized, because there were there were periods for a year, two years, three years, where I'm like, I don't need that, right? What God, God why have you wronged me? Right. I, I th- thought it was about me. Yeah, <laughs> and right. yeah. the reality is, like you and said, like if it's if it's your dad driving, right? Know that God is a loving father. And it's just like when you leave home. You go away from home, you go out and do your own thing, you have your own experiences, you have your own failures, you flop. And you're like, screw you, dad. I don't, I don't need this. You know, I'm out. I'm going to handle this on my own. Just know that if you ever show back up at the door, dad's there and he's like, Hey, welcome back, son. Right. There is an unconditional love, no matter what, that is going to allow you to come back to him at any, at any point. It's, it's a complete forgiveness, a complete and real unconditional love. So that's one thing. The second thing, and and Ewan said this earlier when we were talking about, uh, or maybe both of you did, talking about anxiety. The the thing with with anxiety and and wanting to know all of the the unknown, it's because we're trying to have this understanding. And like you were, you, you commented, and it's like, as as God, He already knows where we're headed. And at some point, what summed this up for me, at some point, and this is probably. It wasn't until like 15 years ago, I realized the meaning of let go and let God. Because you hear people say that you go, oh, you just got to let go and let God. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's, that's a nice saying, right? That's okay, a bumper sticker. Let, yeah, yeah. Like, that's a good a bumper, bumper sticker, sticker, but it is. Yeah. But all of a like, sudden, at some point in life, we all have that moment, I believe. I believe that we do. We have this moment where it's like, yep, I just got to truly let him take the wheel. And it's all going to work out. And and if you're not focused on what you think you can do, um, that'll remove the anxiety. One other thing about anxiety, because I had this conversation with my daughter. My daughter's a, a relatively high-level USA gymnast, and she gets anxious at, at tournaments. And I, I realize anxiety can be framed as a good thing. Yeah. So when you're, for anybody out there who gets anxious, we all experience anxiety. We all experience frustration. We all experience the it, anxiety heavily when it's the unknown, right? Hey, I'm going to show up for this tournament and I hope I do well because we're focused on the future anxiety. Well, let me reframe this for everybody in the audience for a second. Anxiety and excitement, they have the same physical responses. So are you anxious or are you excited to be there? All you have to do is you actually have to have the mindset and to reframe it and talk to God and say, okay, God, I know this is going to work out. And I know that, you know, I got the butterflies in my stomach it's because I'm excited to be here. I have the jitters. It's because I'm excited to be here. I want to do well for my team. I want to do well for you, God. I want to do, you know, whatever it is in that moment that you're wanting to do well for, just reframe the anxiety because realize those physical responses, they're the same thing as being excited about something. So let's go. I love that, man. I, so I, last year, Mike, one of my goals was to run an ultra, which is which is anything over 26.2 miles, right? Mm-hmm. And I had never ran, I've met in, I'm in 36, never ran a marathon in my entire life. And I signed up for this ultra. Talk about decision making. Yep, I'm sure. doing it, right? 
And so about 20, 25, 26 miles in, I hit a wall. And I shared this on the uh, uh, previous episodes, but I hit a wall, man. I could not run. I could not jog. I had to walk the rest, the rest of the six miles. And Ewan was like, what got you through it? And I was like, you know, besides mental fortitude, resiliency, not wanting to quit, wanting to cross the finish line. I was like, God, he had to talk to me. I had to talk to him. He talked to me the entire time, got me through it because there was a lonely path. There was no, the road was less traveled. But so everything that you're saying makes perfect sense. You've got to be able to lean. You've got to be able to lean on that, you know, on the, whether it's the word, whether it's him, whether it's talking to him, that faith. And because you're not always going to have that best friend. We're not always going to have Mike Phillips here, right? There's going to be a lot of times where you're by yourself, you're in the corner and you have got to lean on. Well, who do you lean on? Right. I'm finding more and more and more that it is leaning towards, you know, I'm listening to the smart. I'm not the smartest cookie in the room, but I'm listening to more and more people like, man, it's all pointing in one direction, you know. So it's just fascinating to me. Absolutely. And we've been talking for 20 minutes here and we're like, it was normal level up and live. We're talking about business and leadership and all this stuff. And we talked to a golf for 20 minutes. There's the first time we've done it. And it, man, I, it has been phenomenal. And everything we're saying ties into everything that we do in our businesses, Absolutely. our relationships and, and all the things. And so it's just, it's, it's more, more of the same. And, uh, I'm just, I'm really grateful. We went, <laughs> went this direction, totally unplanned too, yeah. which, uh, you know, God is involved when that happens, you know? So Mike shifting gears, a lot of our, sure. a lot of individuals that are, that we have surrounded ourselves in our community and our listeners and audience, they're leaders within their households, they're leaders in their businesses, employees, team members, a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, You've been in leadership for, for over a decade now, and I'm curious, Have you? was there a point in your life you're like, that's bad leadership, this is good leadership, I'm going to steer the direction and everything that you're doing, right? You're, you're in the sales role, and you have put the time, energy, and effort into getting to where you are today. I mean, and, it, and I'm sure that shows up with the skill sets, the experience in every area of life, right? And we preach it a lot. But I'm curious with you, like with a lot of these individuals, do you see like your leadership in your, your you had mentioned it earlier, your sales role and, and applying the same type of skill sets and experiences in your other areas of life and how that shows up? A hundred percent. And I think the first, you know, there's you, you hit on a lot there, so I'll try and and, and break break a few of these down. So, my first experience with any leadership role, I think I was about seventeen, and I was a youth hockey coach, and I did that for twelve years exclusively. I coached and refereed youth sports for about almost twenty, and then moved into sales, moved into management, moved into moved into right, and. I remember, I, I think the moment that we're given a leadership role for any of us, right? We're given the title and we start to assess right then what's good leadership, what's bad leadership. That was the first thing you said. Hey, did you see good leadership and bad leadership? I think at any point you get a title. Well, I'm the head coach. I'm the manager. I'm the general manager. I'm the whoever. I'm the supervisor. I'm the person at this front. The moment you get a title, there's some sort of ego click that happens in our brain and goes, well, I'm going to be the good one of these, right? And we start to experience or, or we start to, to use our experience to lead the best that we know how. But I think for most people, you get the title, you get the position, you get, you know, you start a company, you're an owner all of a sudden, whatever that leadership role is, uh, we're almost always unprepared for it. 
Yeah. And we're, we're untrained, we're unequipped, uh, but we got the title, so we got to do it. And so we start assessing those things around us. This is good. This is bad. This is good. This is bad. And I, you know, for me, I think there is no replacement for genuine experience. Mm. It, it takes somebody Agreed. when you, when you get that leadership role, the first thing that you should, and, and actually let me backtrack a little bit. I shouldn't say when you get that leadership role, because I think part of the reason people get into a leadership role is because they've already exhibited some of the traits. Mm. And oftentimes we throw those traits right out the window. We throw the things out the window that got us to that point in the first place, because we think we saw a leader before us that was doing the thing. Right. And the, the reality is, yeah, there are good leadership traits. Certainly there are bad leadership traits. And there are, we have to realize that it's not always about the leader. It's about the people that we're impacting. How do they need to be led? You know, we, we sum leadership up in that, well, I'm, I'm this type of leader, or I lead this way, or I do these things. I'm a process person. I'm this, I'm that. And we start to define our identity as a leader from our perspective. Well, the first thing you have to ask yourself is, how would I want to be led? What are the good traits that would make me want to follow someone? What are the things that are like, that sucks. I don't want to yeah. do that. <laughs> and so when we start assessing first self-leadership, how do I want to be led? That allows us to transcend past that into what real leadership is, and that is serving other people. Mm, yes. And how where meet them where they are. Because... Yeah. Um, one of the, in, in my opinion, and, uh, I, I don't know the specific age of your audience, uh, Sean, we were talking beforehand. There's a few movies that Sean has not seen yeah. <laughs> sci-fi movies. We won't go there on this episode. Star Wars. Um, I'm, I'm revealing it to your audience now, but the, so, so based on age, most everybody is familiar with Vince Lombardi. You guys familiar with Vince Lombardi, right? One of the most winningest, uh, coaches of all time goes in in the sixties. And I don't know the specific years, but I know the the sort of the frame behind it, right? Vince Lombardi goes in green Bay Packers sixties, total losing team, just getting smashed. They're getting smoked. And he goes in with his leadership style and he says, look, here's what we're going to do. This is how I work. And he gets into each one of those guys, you know, those 11 guys or 15 guys, however many players he has at the time takes the same players that were going, you know, no wins, during their previous season, connects with them here, finds what they need, gets the buy-in, grows them. I think the following season, they won half of their games, and the season after that, they're Super Bowl champions, right? Heck, hence, we have the Lombardi Trophy. And so it's the same players, same, same people, but what happens is he takes and he goes and connects on this level with them. It's not about my leadership style, but once you connect with people, you can ask them to do things. You can ask them to come out of themselves yeah. to do this, right? Uh, but I think it, and this is, I, I have a friend of mine who said, look, things like this are cliche until they're not, right? We have all these things that are cliche until we realize that they're actually, there's truth to them. They're not cliche anymore. And one of the things is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Once you show them how much you care and that you're invested in them and that you want them to grow and you want to truly see them win, people will knock down walls for you, man, mm -hmm. when it comes to leadership. So 
I'm yeah, I could, pausing just so I, I could keep going. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautifully said. I mean, that, yeah. that, that encompasses all of it. To me, you can tell good leadership from the bottom up to the top because it, it goes through a whole organization, whether it's a lot of people or, or not. And, and typically you'll see frustration is normally one of the indicators to me. You see people, uh, of course, you'll have one or two individuals that can be frustrated no matter what. But when you see the majority being frustrated, and that normally means there's a lack of um, purpose and vision of the direction that they're going. And a leader's job, what is it? It's to take it's to lead, to take them somewhere. And you take them towards a vision. Uh, and if it's it has to be the organization going together as one. Uh, and that's what a leader does, brings people together and they lift they they lift people up. They don't drag them to the to the over the the finish line. And to me, I've seen that over and over again. And so that is like you said, uh, it's finding out eyeball to eyeball what do these people need to be led, as opposed to I've got my way and you're going to come with me no matter what, and I'm going to do what I need to do. It's it's very it's either inwardly focused or outwardly focused, and you can see the results. People will tell you quickly from how their demeanors. Um, their their thought processes, the words they say. Um, and Sean, man, we've done a number of episodes where Sean has gone through that process and and learned good good leadership through how difficult it is to to do it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, I've, I I was a bad leader. I was a horrible leader, bad boss. Uh, this was when I started my first business, which was in 2015. I had, I mean, it was kind of like, I'm, so I'm a Type A personality, Enneagram Eight, right? I'm that driver. I know you know those types, Mike. My wife's and, an eight. Okay, you're watching today, so you know. So, you, so, and Mike, what do you do, real quick, I'm a three four, three four. <laughs> I'm a three four two. That's uh, very funny. Yeah. As soon as y'all ta- started talking about Star Wars behind the scenes before the episode, I was like, these two are going to get along real good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, so for me, like there is a lot of our listeners and in, in audience, they they are young entrepreneurs, business owners, so they're they're leaders and. And one of the things I remember growing my first business is I didn't know if I was a good leader or not, right? And I didn't, I, it was almost too late. Well, not too late. I had to learn from mistakes, my own failure, trial and error. And I picked my head up in five years and go, why am I feeling this way? Why do people not like me? Why are my relationships like by burning bridges around me? Why am I having awesome employees leave my t- team? And it took me multiple years to figure this out and come to fruition like, it's me, right? I'm the problem. <laughs> I'm the one staring myself in, in, in the mirror. So for somebody listening to this, that's like, I'm a good leader or it's not me, it's them. What would you say to them? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, what would you say to say, hey, here's your, like, what are some, is there some warning signs uh, as far as bad leadership? Because I know I can give some tips and tricks, but I'm, I'm curious about what, from your experience, what are some warning signs that they can look at their own self in the mirror to go, yeah, maybe I do need to reflect on this and dissect my leadership skills? So that is a really good question. And it leads me to, I'm going to push back on something you and said a minute ago. Because he said, oh, hey, when you're in an organization and you see this frustration and you see that stuff break out, it's bad leadership. And that can be. However, If you are at the top of an organization and nobody is voicing their frustration, it's you. It's because they're scared of you and they're scared of the response. Dead right. So the thing you have to be aware of is if everything just seems, you know, oh, hey, it's magical. Everything here is great, but people are leaving. It's you. And one one of the linchpins in leadership, let's say, is 
you will be climbing the leadership ladder and be putting yourself in the best position that you can be when as a leader, you're willing to bruise your ego. And what I mean by that is, and, and Sean, you said this a minute ago, you said, Hey, I'm asking myself and I'm asking my, uh, questions and, and why is this good person leaving my organization? When I say bruise your ego, one of the most valuable things that I learned in my leadership journey, I had a really good mentor that asked this, and this is probably 15 years ago now. He asked me this direct question, and this is a question I think every leader should ask, is when you have your people, you know, we get in these meetings and we have these rah-rah sessions, and we're going to train on this, and we're going to implement this process, and then we're going to do this, go, climb the mountain, right? And that's the type A personality, right? Yeah. Sean, you're, yes. you're like, let's go, right? <laughs> it, you, I would encourage anybody, if you believe you're leading your organization, if you are the CEO, the owner, the manager, whatever leadership title you hold, at least, let's say once a quarter, I'd do once a month. When you are meeting with your people, instead of you being the one to speak, I would ask them and genuinely, and you won't get a lot of responses. So here's the question, write it down. Hey, I want to know, Sean and Ewan, what do we do here that's dumb? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get like a, you could, depending on how bad it is, you could get, get an hour's yeah. worth of, of people complaining. But if there's no, or if they know there's a, the, the consequences, they're, they're not going to say it. But you're right. If there's an open door and that communication is there, half the battle's already won that there was just an open ear to discuss. But yeah, continue your thought here, Mike, because I am, I am zoned in on what you're saying right yeah. now. Well, and, and so one of the things is, and maybe you don't do it in a group setting at first, right? <laughs> Start out if you're having that one-on-one, it, it, you, you pick and choose, right? You have to have some, some emotional intelligence. You have to have some, some empathy with your people, but if you really want to know how to grow as a leader, if you really want to uh, move to the next level yourself and then your organization, the people that are with you, you have to be willing to, to look at them and maybe you start as a one-on-one. Hey, I'm just curious. I'm trying to grow as well. And I'm curious, could you give me some feedback? Because if, if and, and Sean, you said this, not to dissect your words, but you said, I kept asking, why are these good people leaving, right? Yeah. Well, if you're the one asking yourself, you're looking at that through your model of the world. So you're going to give yourself the, some sort of justified answer, I have to imagine, at least at the beginning. Yes. And oftentimes, probably what happened was you leaned on somebody like you and you leaned on your wife, you leaned on, you said, I don't understand why these people, and you didn't even realize you did it. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know why these people are leaving. What's going on? And they're like, cause you're a jerk. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's nicely putting it, Mike. That's nicely putting it. Yeah. Right. And uh, well, you're berating them into a hole <laughs> and you're like, you're like, yeah, but that's, uh, I'm just trying to drive them forward. Right. Well, but they're it, like, they're not sled dogs, right? They're, they're yeah. people. <laughs> you're not. Yeah. So, so I, I think that's one of those things you, you said specifically, like, Hey, how, how can somebody realize that? So there's two things is one, you got to realize if nobody's voicing their frustration, if everyone's just silent with you, mm. there's a problem yeah. Two is, uh, ask that question. Hey, what do, what, how can I grow? Or what am I doing? That's dumb. And just let them sit on it. If they don't give you an answer, don't pry something out of them. Say, hey, if something comes up, let me know, right? You have to be willing to listen. And uh, again, another cliche or old adage, right? Listen twice as much as you speak. Um, you have to be willing to, if you ask the question, you have to be okay with silence. Yeah. 
Mike, what do you think, what would you tell somebody that is listening to this and to like, okay, we hear what you're saying and I'm picturing my younger self, right? Listening to this and I'm kind of fast forwarding this. What would, what would you say would be that one warning sign that, cause I'm trying to think to myself, like if I was listening to this five years ago, I would, I wish I would have known what I know now and mm-hmm. corrected course back then, you know, so I wouldn't have, cause I've had to go back and apologize to a lot of people. I've had to go back and say, sorry, I've had to really work on things and it's very challenging for me. But what is, what is, what would be one thing that you would, somebody listening to this going, man, I can hear what you're saying. I resonate. I can see how some of this is showing up in my leadership skills, whether it's at home with my kids, my spouse, my team members, what would be one pivotal moment where you could say, Hey, or I'm sorry, who would you, who should they lean on as far as leadership? Because in my mind, I'm like, I don't have any, who is the role model? Who is a good leader in my life? I, this is all, like you said it earlier, this is all I know. This is Mm -hmm. what I've learned, you know, in podcasts and audio. And I don't have somebody like a Mike Phillips that is an awesome mentor that can be with me every step of the way and hold my hand through this. I'm a 20 year old entrepreneur, business owner that has six, seven employees, right? I'm alone. I'm by myself. I don't have somebody that I can lean on every single day or every single week. So what would you encourage that guy to do to, to level up as a leader? So a couple things. Yeah, no, a a couple things. And I think that's a very good question too. The first thing you have to realize as a leader is you are not the answer. To, you're not the answer to everybody, right? You you never will be. If it's one of those that if you're the smartest guy in the room, right, you need to find a new room. And so that would be the second part. Find a new room. You have to be deliberate about your own growth. Growth. Join a mastermind group. Join the chamber of commerce. Connect with people. There are other business professionals in your community, right? Go to. Uh, um, I can't think of the name. Uh, B, there's a here BMI. locally. There's a BNI group, right? Connect mm-hmm. with other people on that level that are lateral to you. What you don't ever want to do is you don't ever want to fire down. You're not trying to fire down to your staff or your employees. And I'm not saying that uh, to be derogatory, right? But when you look at the hierarchy of things, if you got staff members and management and then you're the CEO or the owner and so forth, you don't want to fire down that hierarchy and, and be asking them for advice. People want to look to leadership that is strong and confident right? They, they know that you won't have all the answers and strong and confident can be telling them, hey, I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to find that out and I'll let me get back to you. But to be strong and confident, there, I mean, there's a couple places. It goes back to, and I'm going to show this on screen. There's a lot of lessons in the Bible, if you're willing to learn. It goes to, you know, so you can lean on God in some in some instances, in a lot of instances. You can lean on your parents, right? If you, Assuming you have a good relationship, uh, your your mom or dad will always give you unfiltered, real advice, stuff that you don't want to hear. Yeah. They will tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you have to realize, you know, I used to say, oh, you find this person, like if you have your best friend and you can bounce stuff off of your best friend, but your best friend is not always the best place to go for advice, right? You, you, they may be. And Sean, I, or you and maybe you said earlier, like you're the sum of the the five people in your circle. So you need to assess. I heard Tony Robbins say this one time years ago, and I thought it was great. He says, you got to love your family unconditionally, but pick your peers. Mm-hmm. Amen. And to that. so that's good. You, yes. you know, no matter what, 
you're going to love your family, right? We could all have that derelict cousin somewhere and so forth. You're going to love them unconditionally, but you have to pick the people that you want to influence. And so when you're saying, Sean, oh, I may not have a pocket Mike Phillips, right? Well, people like Sean, people like you and people like myself and many other people that are in my circle now, I never thought I'd be connected with. But if you want to be connected with those folks, the first thing you got to do is take the initiative and reach out because you know, if you, if you emailed 20 people and say, Hey, I need advice on this. Three of them will give you unsolicited advice, (laughs) you know? So that's something like with the internet, it's, it's mind blowing to me respectfully to, to you guys like that you and, uh, and uh, you, Sean and you and reached out and said, Hey, you want to come on our show? I'm like, seriously? Yeah, let's go. You know, like, I mean, it's literally one email away it's no longer the seven, uh, what is it? The seven degrees of separation or seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? Kevin Bacon, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think that's, that's the first thing is realize that your friends and family are not always the ones to lean on. You have to be deliberate about your peers and you're saying, Hey, who else, who else do I lean on? Well, if you're the top of that organization, if I, if I'm the owner, if I'm the CEO, uh, they may not, you know, if everybody's looking to you for advice, they're looking to you to mentor them, you have to be deliberate and go out and and cut the path. And, and, or you have to be willing to listen when people show up and get dropped in your life too. There's times that people will show up and be like, Hey, you and I don't think that was a very good idea. And you're like, yeah, screw you. It was a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? That was a good idea. (laughs) You know? And, and so we have this resistance when the, in reality, that person may have dropped in our life at that moment that we just needed to hear. And so you got to go back and reassess that stuff. You have to be really willing to, to listen. You have to be learn. Um, I guess the third thing, and I know I've, I've rambled on here is you just have to stay teachable. You're never going to know it all at the point that you think, you know, it all. That's the key. You're missing the mark. Yeah. yeah. And Mike, you, you had, were getting it before we start recording. You were, you were about to get into a story about COVID and we we're like, hold up. You just gave us some details. We need to start <laughs> recording. Uh, and, and, and you could, if you could tell us that story, but then also, uh, you know, we kind of knew where it was going, but I'd love to know how it's a big deal, how that changed your perception and your view of, of did it impact your leadership did it, and, and your businesses and just how you see life in general. And, and yeah, so if you, if you wouldn't mind sharing that, I'm we're, we're eager. Yeah, to, abs- to know. Absolutely. So, uh, in 2021, I took, uh, w- took one of the first vacations I'd taken since I've been in automotive, right? I, I was, it'd been 10 years since my family and I'd been, on a real vacation where you just unplug and let go. Wow. And, yeah. uh, and realize this for anybody listening, that's the wrong way to do it. You need like the whole reason, <laughs> just so you know, the whole reason that you're working and investing and trying to gain, get ahead financially is so that you can bless yourself. You can bless your family. You can bless others. You have to take time to enjoy the fruits of your, of your success. And I will tell you, that's one of the outcomes before you've heard the story. So we're coming back from vacation in 2021 and, uh, I'm, pretty confident I got COVID on a plane. It was a terrible experience. Flights got canceled, got delayed in the airport for hours, you know, the whole deal. And uh, so I end up uh, telling my wife, oh man, I I think I'm getting sick. And she's like, no, you're fine. It's just stress. It's in your head. We get home. Uh, Sure enough, two days later, I get very, very sick. We're pretty convinced it's COVID. I'm on the couch for I think eight to 10 days at the beginning, just miserable. And it, it was at the time, 
it was one of those where like you called and said, Hey, I think I had COVID. They're like, well, don't come see us. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, the, well, do I come get tested? Is there anything you can do? No. I mean, if you're, if you're dying, you should come see us. But otherwise, you, you know, it was this really weird time. So I'm just miserable. We finally go into the, uh, the emergency room. Cause it was just unbearable at that point. They tested me. I had COVID. I had, uh, double pneumonia, like uh, walking pneumonia. And I had, I don't remember the name of it. It was a big medical term for some sort of stomach infection. And I'm like, oh my gosh, well, how do we treat it? And so forth. And they loaded me full of fluids. I was there six or eight hours. So how do we treat it? Well, your oxygen's 89. We don't, you, we send you home. You got to be at 85 or less to be, to, to join us here for your lovely stay at the, the hospital. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I'm just miserable, dehydrated, everything else. And the doctor is, you know, 30 feet away, full garb, the whole deal looked like, uh, you, you remember Back to the Future when he's like on yeah. Darth Vader from the, yeah, yep. the, yes. that's how the doctors were at that time. You couldn't even see a face and he's 30 feet away. He's like, yeah, dude, wow. you're really sick. You got to go home. And I'm like, what the heck? So I do. And uh, they gave me some, antibi- <clears throat> pardon me, some antibiotics, uh, took those for like a, a week or a couple of days, few days, I think it was about four days. Of course, then I start having trouble breathing. I think we checked my oxygen, it was about 70. And I'm like, oh, we gotta go back. Of course, it's the middle of the night on Saturday. It's never like mid afternoon, right? Yeah. Drive in, nice and easy. (laughs) So I go in, recheck into the ER. At this point, they check my oxygen. Again, it was 70 or 80. And they're like, it's basically like, hey, welcome to the show, right? (laughs) They roll you right in. Yeah, you're qualified now. And uh, was in there for several days. Finally, I had a really understanding doctor that came and talked to me, says, we got to do something. And at that point in time, there was so much misinformation and stuff. And I'm like, I don't, you know, I didn't know what the right treatment was. I prayed on a lot. I questioned a lot. And this doctor says, you got to do something, dude. So I, I took the treatment they recommended, which I won't share here because I, you know, I, I don't. <laughs> want to get everybody's political opinions and so forth. Yeah. Uh, It took them, I I don't remember, it was about five days and they sent me home, sent me home on a, on Saturday night. So it was what, uh, one week later, sent me home on a Saturday night, middle of the night, the oxygen guys at my house, all the stuff. I'm like stoked. Right. So like a new lease on life, I'm wearing my oxygen. The only thing I wanted in the world was to shave my beard down, which is ironic now because I got a, a, pretty good beard going on yeah, and have beard. breakfast with yeah, my daughter. Yeah, it's, a, it's a really nice beard guys. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, so, uh, but at the time I was like, I gotta get rid of this thing. And it was so itchy and miserable and have breakfast with my daughter. So I did went through the day, all of a sudden eight o'clock at night, Sunday night, I haven't been out of the hospital 24 hours and I feel this pinch in my chest. I black out. I'm like, Oh man. And uh, I wake up and here's the irony. This is how, you know, God does not deliver the things that you want right now. When I was 25 years old, I had a collapsed lung. I was, I told you I was a hockey coach, I played hockey, had a collapsed lung. It has a very unique feel to it. It's really weird. doesn't hurt necessarily, but it's, it's, it's weird. Um, so I come to, and I feel the same feeling that I'd felt 20 years before. And I said to my wife, I said, I, I think my lung popped. I think my lungs collapsed. She says, no, you're, you're, it's all in your head. She's rubbing my back. Like my wife's a very upbeat, positive, motivational person too. And she's like trying to walk me through it here. And I'm going, no, I really feel it in my, in my chest. You can't think um, yourself out of that one. Well, and that was my second one. So we start, we start doing it. And they said, if you get past five on the oxygen, come back to the hospital. Well, I'm up to about 15 on my oxygen meter. Bam. So I had made it upstairs cause still wanted to shave the beard. That was the one thing that's so stupid. Um, I come sliding down my scare, my stairs with the oxygen tank. I said, I, na- I have to make it to the car and crank the oxygen up. I'm not going to make it. 
and my wife says, do I need to call an ambulance? I said, they will not make it. We got to go. Like I'm struggling. I'm saying it clearly now, but I'm struggling. I'm laboring to breathe. It's really hard. Mm. So we cranked, I literally slapped the oxygen tank on my legs and slide down my stairs with it cranked up to 15, throw myself in the side of our car. And my wife guns it going about 80 miles an hour to the hospital at, you know, nine o'clock on a Sunday night. So fortunately there wasn't a lot of traffic. I get there and I'm completely blacked out. I'm gone. Right. Well, fast forward, not to keep the story going too long, the doctor that's there. And I had, you want to talk about, I remember I could see the fluorescence behind my eyes. So like, I feel like maybe it was subconscious or unconscious. You could see it, but I was, I was out. I was checked out both lungs completely gone. So at one point I opened my eyes and I see this bearded guy, dark beard, and I see a tattooed guy on my left. And then I blacked back out again at one point, And I do not remember this. The doctor related it to me. They were going to intubate me. And uh, so we got to intubate him. And I jumped up. I grabbed both of his wrist and yelled at him. That's not what I need. And blacked back out. Oh my and I'm, gosh. I don't remember that. Okay. I get wow. the goosebumps now telling it. And my wife, so he goes and re-interviews my wife. She said he had a collapsed lung when he was 25. We think that's what it is. Dude orders a chest x-ray. Bam. They chest x-ray. Both my lungs are gone. So next thing I know, I come to... <gasps> I get this chest tube in my left side, bam, right? And I hear the, him whisper. I look, it's this dark-haired guy. He whispers. He says, this is going to hurt like hell. Hold on. And the guy on the left goes, squeeze my arms tight because they couldn't numb me. They were So that, that what woke me up was the chest tube in my left. The second one on the right, I could feel it, boom, because they go in with no anesthesia. Here's the second chest tube. So I got two chest tubes in, hurt like hell. He says, you did great and walked out. And I'm like, holy cow. So the next day they had to run a third chest tube. I was in ICU for eight days. And I kept asking for the doctor because his his name's Dr. Adam Barato. You can look him up. He's one of the top trauma surgeons. So here's here's my God moment. I need like three more minutes to share this part. Take him. I come to, and I'm in ICU, and my wife calls me the next morning because I'm alive, right? You have the second lease on life. And she says, what is Revelation 5.5? said, I don't know. She goes, well, the doctor had like a Revelation 5-5 tattoo on his forearm. She says, so he was a faithful man. She goes, I want to know what it said. Okay. Well, fast forward. And again, I couldn't see anything. I kept asking for the doctor, kept asking for the doctor. I wrote a devotional, by the way, in 2021 that I that I uh, published called 30 Days of Bible Verses. So my wife brought me a whole bunch of those and I was writing thank yous in them and handing them out like candy to the nurses and doctors. Thank you so much. Right. God bless you. And, and uh, finally the nurse comes to see me. His name's Michael. He's the tatted up guy. And his, so nurse Michael, I wrote him and gave him one. And I said, will you give this to the doctor? Give give the second book to the doctor. And he says, yeah, I will. He's, and I said, I, I just wish you would come see me. I want to tell him, thank you. He says, we don't often come to, uh, see patients. Cause a lot of times he says, he's one of the top trauma surgeons in Colorado Springs. He doesn't, they don't always make it, you know? So once I got transferred from ICU to a regular room, he came to see me and I said, I got to ask, I said, my wife asked about revelation five, five. Anyway, we have this exchange. I give him a big hug, like great guy. Uh, the only thing is he's blonde. He looks about very similar to Sean blonde, no facial hair. And I'm like, dude, what the, I, like, I remember distinctly dark hair, facial hair, dark, dark complected doctor saving my life. I remember this happening. His complexion is similar to Sean's. I'm like, what is going on? And I said, well, what's this revelation five, five? Well, he shows me here. I looked up revelation five, five, and it talks about the lion of Judah, right? Which is what they referred to Jesus. And he's coming to break the seven seals and, and, 
basically the, the paraphrase is Jesus is coming to save you. Mm. And I'm like, so Dr. Barito lifts up his arm and his whole left arm, I get goosebumps. You can't see it in the camera. Wow. Right now, I've got him is, right now. <laughs> it's the yeah. lion of Judah tattooed across his arm and his back. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So thinking back, my brain starts to justify. I'm like, so it was like I had Jesus at the right. He, Jesus is coming to save me. And on my left is the nurse, Mike, the archangel, Michael, right? They, yeah. These guys got my back. Let's go. And so incredible. I spent 30, well, 22 more days in the hospital, uh, a lot of praying, a lot of people connecting. I know that's a very, very long story. You asked, hey, how did that change things? It made me realize more than anything, two things. Uh, there is no replacement for being in the here and now, none whatsoever. Like you have to be, live and love and learn and be deliberate in the day right now. And that's why I said at the beginning of this, if you're a leader and you're working for all these things and status and, and cut pay and all these other things, why are you doing it? Yeah. <laughs> right. Why? And when, <laughs> and when people say, Oh, you know, tomorrow is never promised. That shit is real, right? Yeah. That is absolute. Because I, as a healthy forty-five-year-old guy, I'm now so so. Part of it, the irony is now I'm not as healthy, right? I got some health struggles after that, which I didn't realize. But ironically, I kind of looked good in the beard, so I hung on to it after that. But the, <laughs> literally, I did not have this before the hospital journey. So that's, that's my reminder every day of just stay in the present, be present with your family, be present with the people that you're connected with, be present in your business, be present for yourself, for God's sake. Yeah. Yeah. Man, thank you for sharing that, Mike. What, what a phenomenal you're, story. You're, you're talking about your goosebumps over there and we can't see them, yeah. but I'm I'm feeling them. I know Sean's feeling them. I'm like, like leaning like, in. I'm like, yes, man. Yeah, I'm like, what a story. What an inspirational story. And, and, and man, I'm so glad you told it. And I, I feel like we need to have a part two because we we could we didn't even get into half of the things we could have with, with your experience and knowledge and everything. So, I mean, I, if you're open to it, we'd love to do this again at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and, I feel and, like I just rambled on. So I'm so blessed. Thank you guys for for having me on. Thank you for for listening and for being able to share you know, my experiences and some, some knowledge and wisdom with, with your audience. I'm, I'm so very grateful. So thank you both, Sean and Ewan. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Absolutely. you, Mike. Yeah. We, we know our audience well and, and you spoke to them today because, because that's, that's, that's the kind of people listening and well, yeah, you, you, you definitely hit the nail on the head. So thank you, Mike. Mike, really appreciate your time, energy and effort today, man. Thank you for uh, just your punctuality, your hospitality and, and your invaluable insights and everything that you've shared, your experiences. It means the world to me. I know it means the world to you and, and, uh, and our listeners as well and here at uh, Level Up and Live. So we're grateful for you, man. Thank you. Grateful for you guys. Well, level Up and Live. Level Up and Live. And there you have it. Another powerful episode of the Level Up and Live podcast with the amazing Mike Phillips. I hope you're feeling as inspired as I am right now. Huge thank you to Mike for sharing his invaluable insights and motivating our listeners to take their leadership and sales skills to new heights. Before we wrap up, remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review on your favorite platform, and share this episode with someone who's on the journey to level up. And don't forget to check out the show notes for additional free resources that will turbocharge your growth. This is Sean Myers signing off from the Level Up and Live. Keep leveling up and we'll catch you in the next episode.